Welcome to the Center Ranch Church Weekly Podcast. We believe that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast. Here's this week's message. Happy Easter, Center Branch Church. Get to celebrate God's love for us today. Amen. Get to celebrate all that God's accomplished for us through Jesus Christ. We get to talk about the good news that a very real God loved us so much that he sent his son so that we wouldn't have to perish, but we could have everlasting life. Amen. That's what we get to talk about and celebrate today. Thank you for being here. Very glad that you decided to join us for Easter Sunday. Man, today is such a great day. Amen. 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 So I don't know if your family does the whole Easter basket thing or not, like the little, uh, is it wicker? I don't know if it's wicker or not. The little basket with the fake grass and jelly beans and a chocolate bunny, maybe a present or two. Growing up, our family always did Easter baskets. But in my family, you didn't just receive an Easter basket, you had, to, you had to work a little bit. You had to find your Easter basket. I don't know if anyone else's family, like it was hidden from you, you had to go and discover it yourself. So that's what we do with our kids. In fact, later, later on today, when we get home after church, I'll hide my kids' Easter baskets from them. And if they want to enjoy what's in those Easter baskets, then they're, they're gonna have to, to find them. Just kind of something fun, because there, there there's joy in finding something. When you locate something, it's just fun to do that. Even things that are basically worthless, there's a value or a joy when you discover it, when you find it. When my kids were younger, if I were just to give them a bag of empty plastic eggs, that wouldn't be very much fun. It wouldn't occupy them very long. But if I take those same empty plastic eggs and hide them around the house or hide them around the backyard, well, then it becomes fun. And we could spend hours taking turns. We have spent hours taking turns hiding them and locating them and, you know, doing, finding them. Because there's a joy associated with finding things. And you know that. You found things, things that maybe didn't have a whole lot of value, but you, like, celebrated because of the joy of finding. You lose mundane things around the house. If you lose a toenail clippers, right? Where, the, where in the world? Has anyone seen the toenail clippers? You can't find them anywhere. But when you find them, after you've been looking for them for a while, you can come out of your bedroom or wherever it was that you found them. You're holding them up, walk into the living room, show your family, dangling them. Look, look what I found. Somebody found the toenail clippers. You're, you're toting those things around like it's some kind of trophy. It's toenail clippers. But because of the joy of finding something, you know, you're, you're walking around holding it up, up in the air. There's a joy in finding things, uh, even if they're of little value or no value, but that joy is proportionate to the value that we place on whatever it is that we have found. So as the value increases, so does the joy of finding it increase. When I was in, in fifth grade, I was riding my bike through our neighborhood, and as I was riding along, I, I caught something out of the side of my eye, and I turned my head, and it, it happened really fast. I just saw it, turned my head, I, I saw it was money. There was money caught in the grass along the side of the road. And I, I looked, and it was a $20 bill, and to me, that, that was a lot of money at that point in my life. I was 10 years old, plus it was like 1987, so it was a, you know, $20 went, went further. And I saw that, and as soon as I saw it, I lunged off of my bike. I'm riding one direction, but I saw that amount of money. I was so excited to find it that I just, I wrecked my bike. I lunged off of it, fell on the ground, and I grabbed that, that $20 bill. 
I was so excited. I felt like I was, I was rich. But I knew with that amount of money, somebody had to, you know, they lost it. They, they must be worried sick about losing that enormous amount of money. So I went to the house that I found it in front of just to kind of ease my conscience so I could enjoy this money. And I, I knocked on the door. I've never gone to someone's door and knocked on it and wanted so badly for nobody to be home. I'm knocking on the door, but like, please don't answer. I just want to do my, you know, what I feel like I have to do and then get this money and get out of here. And so I waited, I, I waited for what, you know, I thought was a, legit, a legitimate amount of time. It, it was probably more like a, a ding-dong ditch, you know, where you knock on the door, ring the doorbell, and just run away as soon as you do that. It was probably more like that. But after waiting a second or two, I gave them opportunity to answer the door. Nobody did, so I was out of there. I was so excited to have this $20, rode my bike back home, started planning how I was going to spend all of this money. I still remember how I spent it. I went to the pet store, and I bought a hamster. And there was enough money to get a hamster and all the fixings. When you say it like that, it sounds like you're going to eat the hamster. All the stuff to take care, to take care of the hamster. I, I remember I named the hamster Snickers. Okay. Snickers the hamster. So, kind of wonder if I had some sort of food issue when I was growing up. Because my teddy bear's name was Pizza. My hamster's name was Snickers. My, my four daughters should be very glad that their mom was involved in and giving them names. Otherwise, they'd have names like spaghetti and meatball, taco, chili dog. Like making myself hungry going through my... <laughs> I could keep going. We should have more kids. But the point is, I was really excited about finding this $20 because it was so valuable to me that my joy was high. And Jesus tells the story about someone who found something of great value. I'll read it to you here in just a second. It's, it's a short story. It's only one verse long, but it's a story of a man who finds something. And because of the exceedingly great value of what he finds, there is corresponding great joy that goes along with it. And what he is talking about, it's a parable or an analogy of the kingdom of heaven. It's found in Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. Jesus is talking and he says this, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all that he had and he bought that field. Jesus says that the, tre the kingdom of heaven is like what? The kingdom of heaven Knowing Jesus, having relationship with God, knowing that when this life is over, I get to spend eternity in the presence of God. I'm a part of God's kingdom, that the kingdom of heaven is like treasure. The kingdom of heaven, it's like treasure. Of all the things he could have likened it to, it's like treasure. It's not a burden that has to be endured. When you discover the kingdom of heaven, it's not finding a list of rules and regulations that you have to submit yourself to. It's not a heavy weight that I have to carry that drains the enjoyment away from life. Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven, it's like a treasure. Being a part of God's kingdom, belonging to him, it's an absolute treasure to be his son, to be his daughter, to be in the kingdom of God. One of my favorite verses is in Colossians chapter one, verse 13. It says this, he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom with his blood. 
and forgave our sins. This is talking about what God wants to happen in every person's life. He wants to take them from the kingdom of darkness to get them out of that kingdom and to transfer them into the kingdom of his dear son. It's talking about Jesus, King Jesus, to be in his kingdom. There is a kingdom you and I can belong to that we can enter into. And it says it's a kingdom of freedom. It's a kingdom of forgiveness. It's a kingdom that when you enter into it, you're made brand new, that you're made clean, you're forgiven, you're brought into God's family. And the king of that kingdom loves you. It says that he purchased your freedom. The king purchased your freedom with his own blood. And when you discover the treasure of being in that kingdom, it's worth absolutely everything you have to enter it because that kingdom is like a treasure. Again, verse 44, it says, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy, in his joy, went and sold all he had and bought that field. He got rid of everything. He sold everything that he had, and it says that he did it in joy. He was glad to do it because of the value of what he was going to receive in that treasure. Have you ever seen Antiques Roadshow? You ever see that show? It's like, it's kind of a weird show, but it's also fascinating when you happen to see it. It's like you, you have to watch at least 10 to 15 minutes of it. There's people standing around with random items that may or may not be uh, valuable antiques, and they're hoping for an opportunity to have an expert take a look at this thing, whatever it is, and tell them a little bit about it. Is it valuable? What's the history on it? And so it usually starts off with the person that brought the item, sharing a little bit of background information, where, where they got it, how they acquired it, whatever it is. So they tell stories like, when my grandfather died, we cleaned out the attic, and back in one of the corners, I found this painting. And it's, you know, it's a beautiful painting. I thought maybe it would be valuable. Or they'll say, my wife bought this vase at a yard sale for $5. And it looks really old, so we were just kind of wondering if maybe it was worth something. And then the expert will respond. And he'll say uh, a few of the things that he noticed about this item and, and give it a value. And sometimes it turns out that it's, it's not worth anything. Well, this painting that you brought, it's very pretty, but you know, I noticed the way that it's framed and the kind of canvas that it's painted on, the paint that was used. You look back here, I see these initials, and uh, I can tell that this is probably something your grandfather painted himself. He was probably taking like local art classes and you know, tried painting, and other than the value it has to your family, it's not really, it's, it's not worth anything at all. And the person's disappointed because they were hoping you know, it was going to be a, a a Picasso or some valuable painting when it turns out it's just, it, it's a granddad. It's just something their, their grandfather painted. But sometimes there's these amazing stories uh, of how this thing is so old and there's history to it and it's got a high value. This vase that you brought in, you said your wife, your wife, wife paid $5 for it. Well, it's interesting because I can tell this is very old, the, the, these markings, the composition of it, and they give a little bit of information. This is actually, you know, it's, it's something crazy. Like this was an ancient Egyptian piece of pottery and a museum would pay anywhere from three to $5 million for this item. And when they say something along those lines, then the person who originally bought that item, that you can imagine how they'd respond. They're, they're excited, their eyes light up. They can't believe they gave $5 for it and now it's worth up to five million, there is great joy because the value they gave was far less than the value they received. And Jesus is talking about a man who didn't pay $5, didn't pay $1,000. He gave everything that he had. 
He sold everything in order to purchase this field because within this field was something of infinitely great value. You know, we make exchanges all the time. You give something for something you receive. You try to evaluate, is it worth it? Should I pay this amount? Every time you purchase something, when you buy a gallon of gas, when you buy a gallon of milk, when you buy a carton of eggs, we're we're always making these little exchanges. And so when you go to the store and you're going to buy eggs and you see that the eggs are $3 and you decide maybe it's worth it. It's, It's a fair trade. My $3 for these 12 eggs, I'll make this trade. But maybe you go back another time and now the eggs are $10. Now you've got some thinking, dude, I'm not sure if it's worth this. I don't know if I like eggs that much, right? And you've got to decide whether it's worth that, that trade. And maybe you've got a recipe, if there's people coming over, you need the eggs, so you begrudgingly pay the $10. You're not excited about it. You get home, you might even be in a bad mood. What, what's wrong with you? I just got ripped off on eggs. That's, what, that's what's wrong, because you're not excited. There's no joy, because you feel like you gave more than you received, But Jesus is talking about a man that even though he gave everything, all that he had, he does it with joy because of the value of what was hidden in that field. You know, the fact that he gave everything with joy speaks of the sufficiency of that treasure that was located in that field. He was free to give everything gladly because he knew there would be nothing else he needed other than what was located in that treasure, that it was completely sufficient. You know, that's the way it is when we come into a relationship with the Lord. David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. There's nothing I lack. When I know Jesus as my savior, I have a shepherd. I have someone to lead me and guide me. I have a protector. I have a healer. I have a provider. Those of us that have discovered the treasure of the kingdom of heaven know that we're free to let go everything else this life has to offer because of the sufficiency of what we find in Christ. That's why Paul was able to say, I can count everything else as garbage for the greatness of knowing Jesus. There's nothing more valuable than knowing Jesus and being a part of the kingdom of God. And so he sells everything to acquire it. He does it gladly, not just because of the field, but because of the treasure that's hidden in the field. Now, we're not talking about a pirate treasure, right? This is an analogy. It's not about gold coins and and pearls and those kinds of things. We're talking about a kingdom, the value of being in a kingdom. You heard on the announcements, next week we're starting a new series that I would love for you to make sure that you're back for, talking about the kingdom of God talking about how how we grow in it, how we can be a part of advancing it. But this man, when he went to make this purchase, I wonder if there were people that were confused about what he was doing, confused about why he is selling it. Have you noticed Steve keeps having yard sales? He's like selling all this stuff. He's got stuff up on eBay. His house is for sale, and he's really excited. Why is he so eager to buy that field? What's so great about that field? He's never wanted that field before. They were confused. It didn't make sense why he would give up everything to obtain this field. They didn't understand. It wasn't just about a field. It was about the treasure that he had found within that field. You know, it's similar when we follow Jesus. And when people genuinely make a decision to follow Jesus, there are others that don't understand what's going on with them because they don't know about the treasure. They don't know why they've, they've made a commitment to church or why they've changed their relationships, why they begin behaving differently. They don't know the treasure of the joy and the peace, the love, how wonderful it is to know that you belong to God, that when this life is over, you get to look forward to an eternity in the presence of God. 
that those of us who have located the treasure of Jesus, the treasure of belonging to him and being a part of his kingdom, know that it is worth infinitely more than the cost of discipleship, whatever other sacrifices might come along with that. And when you discover that treasure, you can joyfully abandon everything else that this world has to offer for the joy of being a part of this kingdom. In just a couple of minutes, if you're here this morning and you've never made a decision to enter that kingdom, to receive Jesus as your Savior, I'm going to give you that opportunity. And I want to challenge you today. I want to encourage you to make sure that before you leave here today, that you know Jesus as your Savior. Or maybe if at one point in time you made a decision, but you know you're not following Jesus with all of your heart, to make a change and recommit your life to Jesus today. You know, the reason that we can even make an exchange like that, I can trade my life for the life he has for me, that I can trade all that I've been able to accumulate, all the joy that this life has to offer, I can trade that for the kingdom of heaven and belonging to him. The reason we can make an exchange like that is because God first made an exchange. We, we referred to it earlier in John three sixteen, that God was willing to give his son, to trade the life of his son for what? For your life, so that you could belong to him, so that he could rescue you. John three sixteen. It says God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son. Why? So that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but can have eternal, everlasting, abundant life. That, that's why he did it. It was an exchange. And so Jesus left heaven. He came to earth. John chapter 1 says that he took on flesh that same chapter says he came to the world that he created, but when he came, the world didn't recognize him. And they made a plan to kill him. And so they took Jesus and they beat him, they whipped him, and they nailed him to a cross. In the book of Isaiah, it says that he was rejected, that Jesus was despised. Those Roman soldiers took him in, and it says in Isaiah 53 that he was pierced for our rebellion, for my rebe every rebellious act, every rebellious thought that you've had, that I've had, Jesus was pierced for our rebellion. It says that he was crushed. Why? He was crushed for our sins, not his own, but our sins. That he carried our shame, every shameful thing I've done, every shameful thing you've done or ever will do. Jesus carried that shame when he went to the cross. In Isaiah 52, it says when he was beaten, he was so badly beaten and marred that you couldn't even tell that he was a man. He didn't even look human. He was so disfigured by the way that they beat him and whipped him and abused him, pulled out his beard. That was the sacrifice. That was payment for our sin. So they, they beat him and put him on the cross and he died. And they took him down and put him in a tomb. And then three days later, some women came to visit the tomb. But when they got there, the stone had been removed. And when they looked inside, there was no body of Jesus. What there were were angels that said, what are you doing here? Why are you looking for someone who's alive in a place where you only would find a dead person? They said that he's not here. He is risen just as he said that he would. And the resurrection of Jesus that we celebrate today, it's proof of victory that Jesus was a sacrifice for my sins. He was a sacrifice 
sacrifice for your sins, but Jesus is more than a sacrifice. Jesus is a king. Jesus is the king, and he is a victorious king that defeated death. He defeated the grave. He broke the power of the enemy. So the dominion that the enemy wants to hold over your life, over your family, over your body, over your future, that that is broken. And what the enemy would like to do to steal, kill, and destroy, he no longer has, he no longer has a right to do it when we enter into the kingdom of heaven. That that's not the only option for your life. There's now a second option that you don't have to allow the enemy to have his way, that you can have life and have it abundantly. That's why Jesus came and died and rose again. But it requires an exchange. It doesn't happen automatically. There must be an exchange like this man who said, what I've seen in that field, the treasure I've located is worth far more than anything I could do on my own. It's worth everything I have, abandoning my own way of doing things so I can have the treasure. And you and I have to make that same kind of decision. Not just to appreciate the treasure from afar. You don't benefit it from like, like that. But to say, Lord, you can have all that I am. I give you all that I am. Jesus said this in Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Jesus said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own, own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you save it. What do you benefit if you gain the whole world but are yourself lost or destroyed? What's the point? What's the benefit to continue to have your own way, to pursue whatever pleasure has captured your heart and your mind, to continue to give in to temptation? What is the point if ultimately the result is destruction, that you spend eternity separate on the outside of this kingdom that is like a treasure? If you're here today and you've never entered the kingdom of heaven, You've never accepted Jesus as your savior. This is a point in time where you have that opportunity. You know, the angel said he has risen just as he said he would. Because when Jesus says something, you can count on the fact that it's truth. Jesus not only said that he died on the cross and be raised three days later, he also said that he would return again. And he said what the world would look like when it was getting close to the hour of his return. And as he described to his disciples what the world would look like, he was very much describing the world that you and I live in. And from that, we know that Jesus' return is soon. These opportunities for people to give their hearts to Jesus, it's an opportunity that will come to an end at some point. That Jesus will return or, or our lives will end before that point in time. That's why the Bible says that, that now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. That if the Lord is dealing with your heart right now, don't put it off. Make sure that today is a day you accept Jesus as Savior or recommit your life to serving him. Maybe you've, you've struggled to enjoy a walk with Jesus because you've tried to straddle the fence. You didn't make a decision like this man did to say, I give all that I have to obtain this treasure. You've tried to have both and it doesn't work that way. It leaves you frustrated. It leaves you full of doubt, wondering if there's something real to this treasure. And if that's you today, make a choice to abandon your own way of doing things to lay hold of this treasure. I want to give you that opportunity to accept Jesus today or to recommit your life to serving him. The easiest way to know if you need to make that decision is just to ask yourself down on the inside, do I have a peace 
do I know that I know that I know that when this life is over and this life will end, when this life ends or when Jesus returns, do I have a knowing in my heart that I'm in right relationship with him, that I'll meet him in the sky or when I die, I'll spend eternity in the presence of God because the Bible says that when we accept Jesus, when we're in right relationship, he sends his Holy Spirit and one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to be a spirit, he's the spirit of adoption. And it says that he bears witness with our own spirit down at the core of who you are, the deepest part of you, he bears witness. It means he tells you, you're right with God. You're his son, you're his daughter, you're in the family, you're part of the kingdom. And if you don't have that knowing on the inside, that's an indication that this moment right now is for you. To give your heart to Jesus, to step into the kingdom of God, to abandon this life, whatever it looks like, so you can know the treasure of knowing Jesus. Or maybe you need to recommit your life. Say, man, I made a commitment at one point in time, but I got off track. I got tangled up in sin again, or I just got busy with life. I've been so caught up with the things of this world that I've just drifted away from the Lord. If that's you, you need to recommit your life. So if you fall into either one of those categories, you need to accept Jesus as Savior, or you need to recommit your life. Would you put your hand up nice and high right now, wherever you are? Just put your hand up nice and high so I can pray with you. You need to accept Jesus, praise the Lord. You need to recommit your heart. You need to recommit your life. You need to make a decision. I'm going all in. I'm, I'm going all in. I've tried to play both sides and it's not working for me. I need to go all in. If that's you, just raise your hand nice and high, several hands. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna ask everyone to stand to your feet. In just a moment, I'm gonna invite those of you that raised your hand, I'm gonna invite you down front so I can pray with you, lead you in a prayer so you can leave here knowing that you know Jesus. Before I do that, would you lean to the person next to you right now and just ask them if they should have raised their hand. Let them know if they should have, but they didn't. You're willing to raise your hand with them. You're willing to come down and respond with them. Let's not let anyone leave here today not knowing Jesus as we celebrate everything that he's done for us. So I ask one more time, if there's anyone else, if you raised your hand or if you should have raised your hand, I'm gonna ask you to go ahead and make your way out of your seat and just join me right down front so I can lead you in a prayer. Go ahead. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. You can just come stand right here. Awesome. Listen, I just want to lead you in a prayer, okay? That's not some kind of magic saying. I just want to give you words in case you're not sure what to say. But the Bible says when we believe in our heart and when we confess with our mouth, that, that's when we are saved. And so if you believe this, your faith and you speaking out of your mouth, the Bible says the power of God begins to do a work in us. In 2 Corinthians chapter five, it says we're actually changed into a new creature, a new creation. Old things are passed away. All things become new. So that's what's about to happen in each of your lives. You can close your eyes. I invite you to repeat this out loud with me. In fact, I'll, I'll ask everyone to pray this prayer out loud with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I realize today I'm not where I should be with you. I know that I've sinned. I know I've made mistakes. And I know I need a savior. And I believe with all of my heart, Jesus is that savior. 
I believe he died on the cross. He paid for my sins. And I believe God raised him from the dead. And I accept Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Wash me clean. Make me new. Make me who you want me to be. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I'll serve you all of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise God. Brand new on the inside. Listen, awesome. Awesome. If you'd allow me to, can I just pray for you? If you will, just to lift your hands real quick. I just want to pray for each one of you. Father, I thank you for each of these that have entered your kingdom. And Lord, I ask your blessing on them in Jesus' name. Father, you'd put your hand on them, guide them and direct them. I rebuke every attack of the devil, everything the enemies tried to do in their life to tangle them up, to keep them from fulfilling their destiny. I destroy every shackle, everything that represents bondage in Jesus' name. Be free in Jesus' name. Never the same again. Father, an anointing, an ability to serve you with all of their hearts a strength on the inside to pursue you, to bear the fruit, Lord, that you had in mind when you formed them in their mother's wombs. Lord, they'd know you're leading. They'd know you're guiding. I speak blessing on each one of them. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Listen, I'm going to ask you to go with my friend Derek just to give you some materials to help you grow in your walk with the Lord. I, I want to encourage you come back and get plugged into this church. When you, when you accept Jesus, it's like what's called being born again because you're born spiritually. It's like when a baby's born, it's exciting, it's wonderful, but that baby's not ready just to be on its own. It needs, it needs a family to help it grow and to help it become who it has the possibility of being. That's what a church is. It's a, it's a family to help you grow, to help you grow strong. So I want to encourage you to get plugged in, get involved, love you, excited about what God's doing. This is my friend Derek. He's a little bashful. Come on over here. I'm going to ask you to go with him for just a minute. He's going to go over a few materials just to help you guys grow in your walk with the Lord. Awesome. Love you guys. Thank, thank you very much. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Listen, when Jesus defeated the enemy, thank God for salvation. That, that's wonderful. But that victory isn't just something we get to experience someday when this life is over and we step into the next. Satan's defeated today. So the enemy has plans in people's lives. The enemy doesn't just get involved. The devil doesn't just get involved with someone after they die and then he wants them to, to suffer in hell. From the moment they're born, he's trying to attack them and make life difficult and lay all kinds of bondage, put sickness and disease, anxiety and fear, everything he can try to cram into your life to make life difficult, he'll try to do it. So just like he's involved at the very beginning, Jesus wants you to know his life and his victory and his peace and his joy, not just someday. He wants you to know it now. That, that's why celebrating Easter, it really is a celebration when we know the reality of the treasure of being in the kingdom of God. So maybe there's some area where the enemy is involved trying to pull your family apart, trying to make life difficult. When Jesus went to the cross, he carried our shame. He carried bondage of sin. He carried sickness and disease. So I'm gonna invite you just to lift your hand 
importance and all of the benefits of what we're celebrating today. If there's an area in your life where that victory isn't manifest, let's, let's pray right now and believe that that victory manifests to today in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for what we get to celebrate today, that we get to celebrate not only did Jesus die as a sacrifice for our sins, but he is alive. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. And at the name of Jesus, every knee has to bow, not just people when they step into eternity, but every demonic influence, every sickness, every disease, every bondage, every stronghold has to bow at the name of Jesus. And I rebuke sickness off of every person here. I rebuke fear and anxiety and stress, every, every source of turmoil, everything that would try to bring strife into a household, every voice of discouragement, be destroyed in Jesus' name. I speak blessing and life and peace over each person. I plead the blood of Jesus over each one, over each household here today. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Be filled fresh with the Spirit of God. Be renewed in your mind. Let fresh enthusiasm for the kingdom of God be sparked now in Jesus' name. Lord, I speak blessing over your people. I thank you for each one of them. Lord, I lift them before you. Let today be a genuine celebration of what you've done for us like we've never experienced before. Father, the reality of the goodness of Jesus, the reality of fellowship with him, fellowship with your Holy Spirit, let that reality just continue to sink in and increase in our hearts and our minds all day long, Lord. I speak blessing on your people. Father, we give you praise and thanks. In Jesus' mighty name, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, that's this week's message. Thanks for joining us. To stay connected with us throughout the week, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You can also watch previous week's services on our YouTube page.